Well, hello and welcome to Bible Prophecy for Today. This channel is where I discuss controversial topics and news headlines that you're not going to hear about in the mainstream media. And I do it all from a West Texans biblical point of view. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for Today. My name is Heather and I'm your host. And this episode is going to be chocked, packed full of some headlines that you're going to want to know about. So today I wanted to start uh, and talk a little bit about the book of Jonah and um, how this world uh, is so wicked and so evil that we may have the tendency to maybe be like the prophet Jonah uh, when he didn't want to go preach judgment and repentance to the Ninevites, remember? And so I thought maybe in this day and age with the wickedness and the evil and the violence and racism or racism being pushed upon us, I thought maybe this might be a good book to visit. Plus, uh, we've been studying it in my Sunday school class. So let's jump into in summary. Um, Guys, I, I, I like this one study Bible that I have. It's called Know the Word Study Bible. Know the Word. I really enjoy this. This is the New King James Version. So I'm going to read just a tad bit out of uh, the in summary. It says, God loves all people and wants them to come to repentance, even those we consider our enemies. So just think about that. Like the Apostle Paul said, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and princes and all these people in dark places. And so I thought, what a wonderful way to start. It says, uh, Nineveh was a wicked city. And it says, the capital of the Assyrian Empire. It says, in Nineveh lived the rightly feared enemies of the Israelites. Their wickedness, pride, greed, brutality, and adultery was known. And that's Nehemiah, or I'm sorry, uh, Nahum chapter 3 verses 1 through 4. It says, God's prophet Jonah had a strong desire for the Ninevites to get what they deserved. God's punishment and destruction. And so the last thing Jonah wanted to do was to go preach God's message to the wicked people of the wicked city of Nineveh and offer them a way of escape. What if the people listened to Jonah, repented of their sin, and escaped their punishment? Jonah did not want that to happen, so what did he do? Instead of traveling 500 miles east to Nineveh, he sailed the 2,500 miles west to Tarshish. And the rest of the story, you probably can gather. So let's read, um, let's read Jonah. It is a very short and um, packed full of some stuff. And so it was just on my heart today. I felt the Holy Spirit prompted me to probably read the book of Jonah. So let's do that. So Jonah's disobedience. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amiti, or Amittiah, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And we're going to throw in here that to the known world, to the Israelites, to them known that Tarshish was as far away right, as they could possibly get. And so that's just a little um, tidbit there. It says, um, so, uh, but the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea and there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. 
Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God, and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down to the lower parts of the ship, had lain down, and was fast asleep. I find that kind of ironic that he could turn away from what God had asked him to do and run from God and be fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots so that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Please tell us for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation and where do you come from? What is your country and of what people are you? So he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more uh, tempestuous. And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you, for I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life, and do not charge us with innocent blood, for you O Lord, have done as it has pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. I'm going to throw in here, isn't it kind of ironic that Jonah doesn't have mercy or anything, doesn't want uh, God's grace to be poured out on Nineveh, that wicked city. He doesn't want that. But yet these men in this boat, even though they knew that Jonah was the cause of all of this, yet they still showed him grace and mercy and tried to row back to shore. And so they showed him grace, whereas he wouldn't show the Ninevites grace. It's kind of strange, but anyway, or mercy. And so Jonah's prayer and deliverance. So it says, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God from the bellies or the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me out of the belly of Sheol. I cried and you heard my voice for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas and the flood surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The waters surround me even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit. O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remember the Lord. And my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now, Jonah preaches at Nineveh. So now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. 
So Jonah arose, and he went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And so I mean, three days it took to walk across the city. And so and Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk, when he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. He was crying that to these people, Yet forty days, and Nineveh will be or Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Leather, uh, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Then God saw their works that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. So Jonah's anger and God's kindness. This is chapter 4. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, oh, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Can you imagine this, guys? Anyway, so then the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. Therefore, he made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade, till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah, that it, made, uh, that it might be shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But as morning dawned, the next day God prepared a worm, and it so damaged the plant that it withered. And it happened when the sun arose that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Then he wished death for himself, and he said, It is better for me to die than to live. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, It is right for me to be angry even to death. But the Lord said, You have had pity on the plant for which you have not labored, nor made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city, in which all more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern their right hand and their left and much livestock? You know, that story does, it tells us a lot more about you know the days then and now when we look upon this world now we think of all those the Hezbollah and all of these people especially the ones you know that had beheaded the Coptic Christians there on the shores and we think of these evil wicked wicked people 
And we're like, well, I'm not going to go witness to them. I'm not going to go tell them anything. And we're like, I'm not going to tell them about the love of Jesus Christ. They don't deserve it, is what we would think. Kind of like what Jonah said. Remember? But God loves those people. He loves them as much as he loves you. So just remember, we are to go and tell everybody, everybody who will listen, about the love and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. So let's not let things like this get in our way. If you haven't heard the testimony um, from Pastor Billy Crone, you should listen to it because he was a Satanist and a mean one at that. And nobody would witness to him because of that. Well, one, a few did, but he said a lot of them would not because of that. But listen to his testimony. It's very powerful. Kind of gives you an insight. And it reminds me of the book of, of Jonah. So anyway, I thought I would open with that. Um, this, you know, uh, you know, this is all to bring glory to God. And that's what this whole thing is about. And so I'll read the headlines to point you guys to Bible prophecy. And there's a lot of headlines today. But I'm just going to pick out a few and kind of go through those few tonight. And uh, just you'll be thinking about the trumpet call. Just be thinking about the rapture of the church because Christ is getting ready to call us home. And he's probably been ready, but he's waiting on his father because the Bible says that angels don't know. Even the Son of God doesn't know. So there's no man. So Jesus doesn't even know. Only God the Father knows when he's going to tell Christ, go get your bride. If you haven't seen the movie Before the Wrath, you should watch that. It's called Before the Wrath. And uh, it kind of gives you an idea of how the Galilean Jewish wedding was different than the regular Jewish wedding. And it kind of gives you insight into the rapture of the church and what it's all about and kind of the events that will proceed and the events of the rapture and why it must happen in that order or in that manner. So go check that out, guys. So let's get into some headlines. The Lebanon um, Israeli maritime deal is all the rage. Everybody's talking about this huge news. And I'm going to tell you where to go to get answers about that. John Holler's uh, midweek um, Bible prophecy update. He talks all about that. His entire episode um, is mainly about that. So if you guys want to check that out, you can go to John Holler's prophecy update, midweek update to be exact. So go check him out, you guys. So what else? We have a lot of stuff to talk about. We have got wholesale inflation rebounds in September after two monthly drops. And boy, has it rebounded. Hasn't rebounded very good, folks. Not for us, us little folks. You know, the rich probably doesn't phase them too much. But us folks, it's going to hit the picket. Starting to hit the pocketbook, right? So Biden warns there will be consequences for Saudi Arabia after oil production cuts. That's going to be in the NBC News. Is Biden's Armageddon talk helpful or reckless? That is in theweek.com. Theweek.com. You can go check that out. We'll also go check out some headlines from prophecynewswatch.com. Got a lot of good ones to talk about today, guys. I got the era of cheap food and cheap gas. Aline is over. I think we realize that. And uh, this is kind of good news. Reenactment of the water libation held to prepare for the third temple. The third temple, folks, on Tuesday. A full-dress reenactment of the water libation as it was performed in the temple was held in Jerusalem with several hundred participants led by Kohanim in priestly garb accompanied by Levites playing musical instruments, folks. You can see the third temple is 
is coming into view right now. We all know that has to be uh, has to be built um, anyway for when Christ comes back. And uh, so things are happening pretty quickly on that front. Scooby Doo becomes the latest children's cartoon to promote the LGBT uh, to your kids. I'm telling you, that was a heartbreaker. That was a heartbreaker. I loved Scooby Doo as a kid. I named my dog Scooby Doo, and I had Scrappy too. Um, and this is kind of it's kind of uh, heartbreaking to see the uh, Scooby Doo go that way. I really wish they wouldn't do that. This is the latest in a series of efforts by the LGBT movement to use kids' entertainment to normalize same-sex relationships at early ages. It includes major franchises such as Clifford, Blue's Clues, Arthur, and now a key character from the American animated media franchise, Scooby-Doo. That's just absolutely horrible. Folks are attacking our children. Coming after them, attacking them. Huge persecuted Christians hit hard during global food shortage. While persecution is high, believers are marginalized. When food is dispersed, Christians are often last to receive it. And millions of displaced believers can't afford what little food there is. Oh, folks, it's terrible. Fear rising for winter season. Europeans panic by firewood and stoves. We're going to check on that. Two in PayPal's costly quote misinformation and quote fine backfires. <laughs> a lesson for what is coming. The policy update stated that it would debit users up to twenty five hundred dollars if they enacted or engaged in banned activities such as promoting misinformation. I'm sorry, the truth. <laughs> sorry, or hate. Mm-hmm. Effective November the third. This did not sit well with users, sparking outrage among many who viewed these actions as big tech censoring speech. Folks, Big Techs has been censoring speech for a very long time. Very long time. Uh, let's go back to COVID. Yes. Um, I don't know if you guys realize on my itty bitty teeny teeny tiny channel, my little YouTube channel that I barely even post anything, I got another strike that went back a year. Uh, this other one was for the one that I did on the food plants that are being sabotaged uh, here in the United States. And in the UK as well. So anyway, that was fun, fun, fun in the sun. <laughs> so I'm on my second shark. I thought it was going to be my third. I guess one fell off. So they're kind of keeping in tune because you get three and you're out. So I'm probably going to take all that stuff, download it, and then transfer it all to a rumble. So a lot of stuff going on today. In the Al Arab News, All Arab News, U.S. to reevaluate relationship with Saudi Arabia after OPEC decides to reduce oil output. Yes, in the historic Israel-Lebanon agreed to maritime border deal, like I said, you can go to John Haller and listen to all of that. But this is in allisrael.com, and I may read a little bit of it, but if you want to get the gist of it, you'll probably want to hear John Haller talk about it. So, Tulsi Gabbard, I believe is her name, announces she is leaving the Democratic Party, and you're not going to believe why. I do believe that she has seen the light. She has seen the light, but is it the light of Jesus Christ? Hmm, I don't know. We'll see. And there's a substitute teacher fired for expressing concerns about book promoting homosexuality to children. Yes, folks, you heard me correctly. The substitute teacher wasn't fired because they were promoting a book of homosexuality. No, 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 no. They were fired because they expressed concerns about the book promoting the homosexuality to children. Folks, we are living in the days uh, that Isaiah said would come in the end days. And he said, what did he prophesy? They would call good evil and evil good. Well, we are there, folks. We are there. And if you think that's not bad enough, listen to this next headline. Scientists grow human brain cells in rats to study diseases. Yes, folks, you heard that abomination come right out of my mouth. Scientists grow human brain cells in rats to study diseases. 
Oh my. And you wonder why Jesus Christ has to come back and what he said was be in the days like it was in the days of Noah. And you remember the Nephilim walked on this earth uh, back then in the days of Noah. And what were the Nephilim? Read Genesis. Actually, you can do even better than that. You can go to getalifemedia.com. Getalifemedia.com. You can listen to Billy Crow and tell you all about the days of the Nephilim and what they were. And uh, while we're going to be in the days of Noah when Christ comes back. And boy, we have fulfilled that, have we not? Things are insane, people. Reprobate mind. The entire world is in a reprobate mind. Insane. I never thought I would, I just never thought I would see this. So there's so much going on. So much going on. There's a lot of headlines that I'm going to get to. And I will read through those uh, drive-by style here later on. That's going to be those ones usually from Prophecy News Watch. But is President Biden intentionally trying to start World War Three? It kind of looks like it, doesn't it, guys? Doesn't it? And, of course, uh, what else? On ZeroHedge.com, is uh, Germany going to sink the EU? Hmm. German subsidies arms race could sink the EU. So there's a lot of stuff to talk about today. Germany has potentially one reliable partner. So the nation is being pushed to destruction. But while this may not be apparent to the unsuspecting consumers of Western corporate media narrative, Germany has found itself in a situation where it may have only one partner to rely on. If you guess Russia, you guess correctly. Of course, as a member of the EU and NATO, Germany cannot chart its foreign policy independently. But the pressure to somehow break out of its constraints and reclaim its sovereignty must be growing. German subsidies arms race could sink the EU. Folks, you can check out the article and the rest of it at zerohedge.com. Zerohedge.com. So let's move on to other news. So is President Biden trying to or intentionally trying to start World War II? Technocracy.news, folks. Technocracy.news posted by Patrick Wood. So, the global geopolitical landscape has deteriorated dramatically during the Biden administration, and the question must be asked, is Biden intentionally trying to start World War III? And if so, do we continue the scorched earth policy of all those who want to, quote, build back better after the Great Reset? Non-woke uh, political scientists have already figured out that the Biden administration suckered Russia into invading Ukraine. If the late Zemnitsky Brzezinski were alive today, this is exactly what he would have done. Uh, Brzezinski was the Trilateral Commission co-founder that originally suckered the USSR into Afghanistan. This will end up being their equivalent of Vietnam with a huge cost in lives, armament, and resolve. It bothers me that Brzezinski's son, Mark, also a member of the Trilateral Commission, is the current ambassador to Poland. As nuclear rhetoric and alarmism abound, Poland's president just asked to have U.S. nuclear weapons based in its territory. That's another poke in the eye of Russian bear, agging it or egging it on to a more desperate fight. What role did Ambassador Mark Brzezinski have on this request? Brzezinski reports to Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, who was also a member of the, you guessed it folks, Trilateral Commission. What role did Blinken play? Wow. The messaging coming out of the Biden's own mouth seems oddly coordinated with Russia, Ukraine, Poland. We have not, fa- quote, this is quote, we have not faced the prospect of Armageddon since Kennedy and the Cuban Missile Crisis, unquote. 
Armageddon at a time when the world should do everything in its power to de-escalate the threat of nuclear war. Just the opposite is happening. Even war hawk John Bolton, former national security advisor under Trump, called for an outright regime change in Russia, not just throwing Putin out, but the entire government system. On the other side of the world, amidst the intensified rhetoric surrounding Taiwan versus China, the China Sea, etc., the Biden administration just poked the big panda in the eye by announcing new restrictions on technology exports to China. According to Zero Hedge, it says the U.S. Commerce Department on Friday unveiled sweeping new regulations that limit the sale of semiconductors and chip-making equipment to Chinese customers. Striking at the foundation of the country's efforts to build its own chip industry, the agency also added 31 organizations to its unverified list, including Yangtze Memory Technologies and a subsidiary of leading chip equipment maker Nara Technology, severely limiting their ability to buy technology from abroad. abroad. So China is furious, and it says it will cost America dearly after it figures out how to retaliate against us again the buck stops with Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. Connect the dots now. It is already common knowledge that because of Russia's isolation, it has chosen China as its closest ally on multiple aspects, financial, energy, military cooperation. The U.S. seems to be setting up the, the evil axis for world domination, forcing them all into a corner until options run out to prevent total war. Others are noticing this whole trend as well. Former Democrat Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard just left the Democratic Party with the blistering statement, I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that is now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers, dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Folks, you can check that article out and much more at technocracynews or technocracy.news. Folks, I am telling you, I never saw this world like this. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the Biden administration is not what you think they are. This trilateral commission, and you have the Council of Foreign Wars, and you have all of these these evil people behind the scenes technically running all of this stuff. And what do you think they want? They want war, and that's where we're going. Mm. Folks, they want the population down. They want depopulate. Like they said, remember the Georgia Gaston's 500 million people. That's all they want on this planet Earth. And let me tell you, the majority of those people will be basically slaves and uh you know where we're going with this right human 2.0 transhuman blah 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 folks their playbook is open it's open almost like the patriots cheating when they read everybody's lips you, know, you had to read lips this one this one's like it's in print right out there in front of they will tell you they even have books about it they got books about it uh world economic Klaus schwab's um, they've all wrote their own books. Literally wrote them. You can go and read them. What do you think they get the build back better and all of this stuff from? And you own nothing and be happy. They wrote it. That's why scientists grow human brain cells in rats. Folks, I'm going to read you a little bit about it. Just a little bit. A little bit. Uh, just that you kind of know. So it says scientists have transplanted human brain cells into the brains of baby rats where the cells grew and formed connections. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know that we are living in the end days and this is absolutely an abomination. But here we are. This is it, guys. So what else? Let's move along. Substitute teacher fired for expressing the concerns about a book promoting homosexuality to children. This is at the HarbingersDaily.com. HarbingersDaily.com, written by 
uh, it was well. It was originally posted in Decision Magazine. Decision Magazine. So it was just a substitute teacher in Bryan County, Georgia, was fired after expressing her concerns about a book in the school library depicting same-sex couples taking their children to school and two lesbian mothers, one of whom is pregnant. Lindsay Barr, 37, first encountered the book titled All Are Welcome, unquote, with her six-year-old son's teacher informed the parents that it would be introduced to students during a read-aloud story time in the school library. Barr's three children attend public school in Bryan County where, with her first and third grade sons attending McAllister's Elementary School, where she sometimes teaches. She says, quote, I actually thought that the theme of the book was great kindness, including everyone, unquote, Barr told the Daily Signal, Quote, but the images, the illustrations are contrary to what we believe for traditional marriage and families, end quote. Barr, who is a Christian, spoke with the principal of McAllister Elementary School, explaining her and her husband's desire to be the ones to introduce the concept of marriage and family to their children rather than the school. While Barr didn't ask that the book be removed from the library, she did request that her children not be exposed to the content. The principal agreed that her sons didn't need to participate in the story time, and Barr felt that the issue was resolved. But not long after the conversation, Barr attempted to log in to the online portal uh, the school uses for substitute teachers and was denied access. She emailed the principal asking if she had been removed as a substitute teacher, but didn't hear back. The next thing uh, she says, the next thing I heard uh, from the school was from the human resources director asking me to come in for a face-to-face -face meeting in regards to my role as a substitute teacher, Barr told the Daily Signal. During that meeting, Barr was told that she could no longer be a substitute teacher with the Bryan County School District because of her biases against same-sex couples. Philip A. Seckler, a senior counsel with the Religious Liberty Organization Alliance Defending Freedom, sent a letter to Trey Robertson, Assistant Superintendent of Teaching and Learning at the Bryan County Board of Education, demanding that the school district reinstate Barr so she can resume working as a substitute during or substitute teacher at McAllister and that it refrain from any future retaliation against Barr for her protected speech. Seckler had asked for a response from Robertson or the school district by 5 p.m. September 16th, explaining that if Barr was not reinstated, she would be forced to pursue other legal options to vindicate her rights. Neither Robertson's nor any other uh, Bryan County School District official responded. So attorneys with the Alliance Defending Freedom filed a lawsuit September the 30th against McAllister Elementary School in Bryan County Schools with the U.S. District Court uh, for the Southern District of Georgia, Savannah Division. Lindsay spoke out as a Christian, a mother, and a private citizen on a matter of public concern, namely the content and age appropriateness of a picture book that the school planned to read to her kids that conflicted with her family's value and faith. Said Seckler, uh, he said in a press release, yet school officials immediately retaliated against her for expressing those views and fired her from a job at which she excelled. The First Amendment protects the rights of Lindsay and all public employees to express their concerns about what schools are teaching their children without the government canceling them. Well, folks, welcome to the end days. Welcome welcome to lawlessness and welcome to calling good evil and evil good. Moving right along, Tulsa Gabbard announces she is leaving the Democratic Party. We just spoke a little bit about that, but now we're going to find out why. So this is at Newsbreak.com, Newsbreak.com. This is originally posted in APC News by Isabella Murray. So former Hawaii Representative Tulsa Gabbard announced she is leaving the Democratic Party, denouncing it as an elitist cabal of warmongers, while calling upon other 
common sense, independent minded Democrats to exit with her. She says, I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that is now under the complete control of an elite cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by racializing every issue and stoke anti-white racism, actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms, our hostile are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, demonize the police and protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, believe in open borders, weaponize the national security state to go after political opponents, and above all, dragging us ever closer to nuclear war, Gabbard said on Twitter. Gabbard represented Hawaii's second con- congressional district from 2013 to 2021 as a Democrat, and in 2020, she mounted an unsuccessful bid for the party's presidential nomination. In a video posted to Twitter on Tuesday, she claimed that the party she's exiting stands for the powerful elite and not the people. She said, if you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country, she goes, I invite you to join me, she said. Gabbard prepared her announcement with the launch of a podcast series on YouTube called The Tulsi Gabbard Show. Uh, let me just give you a little words of warning. Um, you're probably not going to be on YouTube very long uh, because they're going to strike you down. And uh, folks, if you want to check her out on the uh, on YouTube, find her there, and uh, you know, give her give her some love. Um, she's trying to do the right thing, and um, maybe a whole lot more uh, common sense minded Democrats will leave the Democratic Party, uh, the Socialist Party. You know, we can only hope, right? And pray and pray that they would. Folks, don't don't give up. We got to keep praying that the lost would would know the love of Jesus Christ. Especially in this world, it is so dark. It is so dark and getting ever so darker and more violent, more evil um as the day goes by. I mean, just just you know, within one day, within two days or so many Things that are happening, so much evil, so much violence, so much wickedness um, is happening in ever, ever increasing amounts. And so, you know, we need to share the love of Jesus Christ with this lost and dying world while we still can, while we still have breath in our lungs. That is a commandment from Christ. And that's what we're to do. So the era of cheap food and gasoline is over. It's over, folks. Over. Say bye-bye. So, fear rising for winter season. Europeans panic by firewood stoves. Oh, my goodness, folks. This is one we need to talk about. This is one that we probably really need to discuss. So, let's jump into that article. So, uh, this is at prophecynewswatch.com. Prophecynewswatch.com. Fear rising for winter seasons. European panic by firewood in stoves. Gosh, check this out. This is by Tyler Durden. It says, as natural, ga- natural gas and electricity prices soar, many European households turn to firewood, a move to offset higher energy costs as the heating season begins. Rising demand for firewood is sending much of Europe back to the medieval days of using stoves in fireplaces to heat homes. The sabotage of the Nord Stream pipeline system underneath the Baltic Sea from Russia to Germany sparked even more energy uncertainty among Germans as many braced for what could be the coldest and possibly even the darkest winter in a generation due to rising risks of power blackouts. Oh, I don't know. Anybody going back to this? It's going to be a cold, dark winter. Yeah, it's happening, guys. So, it's all manufactured. You guys know it. I know it. I'm just giving you the news so that you know, hey, it's 
really happening. <laughs> on Friday, European Union leaders failed to agree on a price cap for nat gas as the energy crisis might worsen this winter. Might going to. Anyway, as freezing weather could quickly draw down supplies from storage facilities and catapult prices even higher. About 70% of Europeans use nat gas to heat their homes. And according to Bloomberg, some 40 million people are now burning wood to heat their homes. Now demand for a heat source that's been around for ages has doubled the price of wood wood pellets per ton to 600 euros in France. Bloomberg pointed out Europeans are, quote, panic buying the world's most basic fuel. Despite is so, our demand is so high that Hungary banned exports of wood pellets in Romania, capped firewood prices through spring. Uh, so this is back to the old days when people wouldn't have the whole house heated, said Nick Snell, managing director of British wholesale firewood retailer, certainly would. He had a firewood is in high demand. The boom for firewood has also meant stove demand is in the high. Of course, Gabriel Kalinger, I cannot pronounce that last word, AB, a manufacturer of high-end tiled stoves, so the orders have surged fourfold. And of course, customers are going to have to wait until March for delivery, which I think is going to be a little too late for this winter. So firewood has become a scarce commodity this heating season, forcing some households to burn anything they can find. Now listen to this. Now, the Swedish Environmental Protection Agency is is a little afraid, folks. They're thinking, oh my gosh, they're going to uh, they're gonna burn anything to get their hands on. Air quality is going to go down. You know, they don't really care about people freezing to death. They're all, you know, oh, air quality and, you know. Yeah, they don't care about you. I don't care about you. Anyway, in fact, this is true. Polish households have started to burn trash and coal as far as supplies dwindle. Guys, I'm going to tell you. And you probably do know this if you own a fireplace or, you know, wood stove. But if you're not and you're a little new, you know, to burning this wood because uh, everything is so high and you're having to resort to this, be very careful what you do burn in your fireplace. Because in your chimney, if you burn wood that hasn't been kilned or hasn't been dried, that's going to create uh, some stuff in your fireplace or not in your fireplace, but in your chimney, which could actually ignite and catch your house on fire so you know be very careful what you're burning in the fireplace there's other things you can do as well um alcohol burners all kinds of stuff but i know you know this is crazy times and this is like like depression era stuff probably prior to that um so guys just be very careful what you are burning if you possibly can i just wanted to throw that in there so anyway so the uk has finally come around to informing its citizens about power blackout risks a country's grid operator warned that the significant risk of net gas shortage that could trigger three-hour power cuts this winter. So well over the heating season, we detailed in length about soaring demand for firewood. And of course, we noted in August, they said that Google searches for firewood in Germany have exploded. And even in July, cited Deutsche Bank senior economist Eric Heyman, who indicated a substitution for gas would be firewood. Guys, I'm telling you, get up. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. Go on to YouTube right now, this very moment, while you still have internet access, while you still have power, if you still have power, not if you can use your phone, whatever you can do, go down and get you your survival tips. You want to go down and find out what other heating sources there are, you write that stuff down. Write it down. Um, there's bricks that you can, because bricks retain heat for a very long time. And so you can build like a chimney type structure or whatever within your house. And you can use alcohol burners. 
um, you know, if you denatured alcohol, you can find whatever you can find, kerosene, whatever you can get to build to heat your home. And I'll tell you one thing from living on the farm. I remember some blizzards that we lived in. We were in the middle of nowhere. Even our gas lines had frozen. Thank God we had a fireplace. And so we were able to burn firewood and that kind of thing. But like I earlier mentioned, kind of like in that article. Yeah, I remember that uh, when we were on the farm and we had that blizzard a couple blizzards back when I was a, a child and so that's what we did my mom had like really heavy blankets and stuff like that we kind of centered off the room that we were in which was our den with the fireplace and tried to you know just keep that area uh warm and so um anyway you might want to try something like that if it gets to that point you can set a tent up in your house as well and uh, try to keep that confined area warm um so anyway um, it was just a little bit of a couple little nid tip bits and stuff like that, but uh, you know, go online and check out the real survival people and uh, you know, get some stuff like that, just kind of start getting prepared. And so, so much, so much is going on. Um, you know, Russian military uh targets civilian population following explosions on the Crimean Bridge, it was in Harbinger's Daily. Um, is it a time of desperation? And that means anything is possible. I uh, got wars and rumors of wars. And so that is going on. Uh, it's another article there um, in Harbinger's Daily. And it's, of course, by Hal Lindsay posted on the 10th um, of October. It says in Japan, people scrambled to, uh, to find shelter. Um, as a North Korean missile flew overhead, the nation issued a J alert. Train services were suspended. Officials ordered residents in the northeastern part of the country to evacuate buildings and find bomb shelters. Both Japan and South Korea sit minutes away from almost all of North Korea's large ballistic missile stockpile. Uh, but they're not alone. The Democratic Republic of Korea also has intercontinental ballistic missiles that can reach most of the world, including the United States. On October the 4th, the Los Angeles Times ran an article with the headline, North Korea's latest missile test reminds the world of Asia's power powder keg. The article said, with the war in Ukraine and Russia's threats to deploy tactical nuclear weapons, it was easy to lose sight of the rising danger North Korea poses. But with a threat like Russia, such an oversight is an under, is, is understandable. They said, uh, he goes, when the nation with the world's largest stockpile of nuclear weapons repeatedly threatens to use them, uh, it's hard not to put your focus there. It may feel good to see Ukraine's success, but we also need to understand the danger their success creates. Putin's army is falling apart. Men fearing the draft have been fleeing the country at an astounding rate. An ever-growing number of Putin's inner circle have met untimely deaths, suggesting that it's dangerous even in private to question the czar-like Putin. But on the battlefield, another kind of desperation has set in. It has become increasingly common to see white flags attached to Russian tanks and Russian soldiers walking toward enemy lines with their hands raised. Vladimir Putin is being deeply humiliated. That feels like justice, but it has just but it has created an almost unfathomable danger for every person in the world. The Daily Beast ran uh, an October 4th article with the headline, It's time to brace for Putin's greatest meltdown yet. They called him a cornered animal and said, The great unraveling of Russian President Vladimir Putin 
could be right around the corner. It won't be pretty. Folks, this kind of just makes me wonder because Ezekiel 38 and 39 talks about, you know, the army from the north. And of course, that leader of that great army is Gog in that country is Russia. Now, is it going to be Vladimir Putin? I don't know. You know, if the right things are going, we don't really know. But I can't tell you this much. If he does resort to nuclear weapons, that could start maybe the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. They go ahead and uh, they try to attack Israel. And of course, that's when God steps in. Um, I don't know, guys. It's very, very volatile. Very, very volatile uh, world that we live in right now. And it says, um, he goes on to say, that same day, um, October the 4th of 2022, which is recently, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services said it was purchasing $290 million worth of the drug in plate. Uh, it says used, quote, to save lives following radiological and nuclear emergencies. Think about that. The United States is now stockpiling anti-radiation drugs. Oh my goodness, guys. Uh, and it says, what brought that on? One guess. Russia. Vladimir Putin, a man who seems to be in poor health and showing increased mental instability, controls the world's largest arsenal of nuclear weapons. Larger than that of the United States. In a televised uh, September speech to the Russian people, Putin said he was not bluffing when he warned that he might use nuclear weapons against the West. He told them the very existence of Russia is now at stake in Ukraine since he said that Russia's strategic position in Ukraine has only grown more dire. So, uh, Hal Lindsay goes on to say, perilous times have come just as the Bible said they would. Stay close to the Lord in prayer and Bible reading. We must not despair, but walk in faith getting the gospel out in every way we can for as long as we can. And I agree. You know, I totally agree. And I think that kind of plays into Jonah. You know, what I read, we need to get the gospel out to everybody and anybody. So with that, guys, I am going to get off of here. So like I always say, get in the word of God. Let the word of God get into you. Maranatha, Lord Jesus. Maranatha, thank you all so much for listening. May God bless each and every one of you.